It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Yeah, it's a very good morning to you and welcome in to what is going to be the craziest trade period you've ever seen. Deals already getting done, which we love. Tim Taranto now plays for Richmond. Bobby Hill plays for Collingwood. Jaden Hunt is off to West Coast. Deals getting done on the first day of trade period, which is somewhat unusual. No doubt there'll be more to follow today. Welcome in. We'd love for you to have your say this morning. You can join in the conversation with us Whenever you like, over the next two hours, there's no shortage of things to talk about. That number's one 48 It's the early trade. We're here for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. And a man who's been busy, as always, as at this time, is the Australian Football Hall of Famer, the goal-kicking champion from the Essendon Football Club, is Matthew Lloyd. Lordo, good morning. Good morning to you, Kane. Yeah, and uh, the other news, obviously, from yesterday is Graham Wright saying they've made uh, good progress for a trade between uh, Collingwood and Melbourne for Brody Grundy's services. And also, Tim Taranto, with that deal being done, you look at what Richmond can do to get Jacob Hopper. Their first selection mm-hmm. is 31. They've got another one at 86. So, yeah, it's looking like a future first rounder plus like a soldo or something so they've given away a lot so they are all in richmond kano for for next year to try and win a premiership like geelong this year yeah 100 percent. that's the that's the geelong model um and now they'll see how they go over the next couple of uh, days and weeks to get that deal done we'll hear from jason mccartney from the giants a little bit later on just on the latest with hopper he spoke about Taranto being out of contract, so a bit easier to get that deal done. The fact that Hopper has a year left makes it a bit more complicated, and Richmond are going to have to stack up, but you'd expect um, that would be done. Uh, what did you get up to last night? Did you head to the Essendon Best yes, yes, I did. So, uh, yeah, I heard uh, Brad Scott. had a good listen to Brad Scott. I arrived late, so I didn't get to hear the new CEO, Andrew Thorburn, speak. I uh, didn't get to hear David Barham speak, but I listened to Brad Scott and Obviously, was there, uh, yeah, congratulations to Peter Wright, who uh, was a surprise winner. I mm. thought he'd be maybe top five, but didn't expect him to win the best and fairest. But a bit of news, Kano. Um, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody was in the room, uh, despite uh, obviously you know, retiring earlier in the year. And uh, he is contemplating a return back to football to play AFL next year. Uh, Essendon are very keen for him to rejoin Essendon. But leading the race to have Anthony next year is the Fremantle Dockers. You're kidding. Yes, so Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. So uh, considering a move to Western Australia to play for Fremantle, if he does decide that he's going to put the work in and uh, play AFL football again. But, uh, yeah, both the Bombers and Fremantle are, uh, would like him to play and Fremantle leading the race currently, Kane. How would you feel about that as an Essendon fan if he went and played for... Richmond is a former Essendon champion, I should say. Would, would that be okay with you? Do you think he needs that change of scenery? Or would you think he's if he's going to come back, considering how good the club has been to mm. him under a new coach, he should return as a bomber? 
Well, I think uh, for Anthony, uh, his lifestyle and everything, he's had a fair bit going on. So I think it's the environment that he needs. And uh, if he feels it's best to, to leave Victoria, well, I'd, I'd be comfortable with that. He'd be disappointed because he, he's a, he's a favourite and they really missed him uh, mm. massively. Now, Devin Smith retiring, Snelling having injuries, not re- and Tipper, when, when Essendon were going, Tipper was absolutely on fire. So uh, he, as I said, he's got to wor- work out, do I want to do the work? Do I want to have to do months and months to, to drop the kilos that he needs to to get back to match fit. But I hope he does because serious talent. And he may he may be one of those blokes that regrets it in 10 years going, well, why didn't I? You're a long time retired. So I hope he has a, has a good crack at it. 100%. Massive news here this morning uh, from Matthew Lloyd that Anthony McDonald, Tiffin Woody is contemplating a comeback of sorts, be that at uh, Essendon, but currently Fremantle leading the race. Bombers fans, how would you feel if you saw him in a Fremantle jumper? one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. 23 55 48 Lordo's right. He was electric in 2021, 34 goals, and probably has never got the best out of himself because mm. of that um, fact that you alluded to. Has he ever been in the absolute peak physical condition that he has been in, and football being his sole focus? If he was able to... Uh, encapsulate that, then look out. He could be one of the better small forwards in the game and still only sort of 28, 29 years of age. So you'd think two to three good years left in him. Uh, You can join in and have your say on that one. But big news this morning. Uh, I was looking through the uh, Essendon best and fairest results, Lordo, and you mentioned Peter Wright won it. I got a bit of a volcano this morning because he kicked, what, 55 goals, I think it was. Fifty-three yeah. goals and and won the best and fairest. I was having a look through your records, and I don't want to embarrass you here, Lordo. But uh, ten times you kicked more than fifty-three mm. goals in your career. Two thousand you kicked a hundred and nine goals. Two thousand and one you kicked a hundred and five. Two thousand and three ninety-three. Two thousand and four ninety-six. And you did not win the best and fairest at the Bombers. What is going on? Well, you must have been yeah. thinking, what do you have to do? Well, well Kano, it does. Uh, it's the one thing that probably. Uh, not irks me, but I'm most I'm most disappointed in that I never ever won a best and fairest. Like I, I marvel at that you winning four of them, uh, and it's something that probably f- is an emptiness that I never ever achieved it. To be honest, and it's actually uh, my list today. Off oh, the is back it? is my list is we're on the same part is the ten best players. I obviously don't put myself in it, but the ten yeah, yeah. best players that uh, were champions but never ever won a club best and fairest. Off the oh. back of probably Peter, Good, congratulations to him, but having me think about, gee, yeah, Peter's going to be an Essendon, Peter's an Essendon best yeah. and fairest winner. Yeah, oh, no, it doesn't it's quite something sit. I would have loved, but oh, <laughs> good yeah, luck 100%. to him. Yeah, 100%. I was looking, yeah, yeah I was just, yeah. it was the first thing I thought of when I saw that um, he won it, and as you said, taking nothing away from him, but to think that the successful teams that you played mm. in and the season that you had to, to never win one, and I think there may have been, a bit more of a shift at Clubland when the game has been you know, dominated by midfielders, mm. certainly in terms of the awards, not not in terms of the importance to the team, but seeing Jeremy Cameron win one, Tom yeah. Lynch win one, Peter Wright now win one. They've traditionally been really hard to win as those key position players. But yeah, that was a little yeah. volcano for me and we're on the same page because I, I also was listening to an interview that Sean Burgoyne did. Mm. I'm not sure if he makes you top 10, don't want to give away your list, but never won a best mm. and fairest either. I thought, you know, Sean Burgoyne never, yeah. never won a best and fairest. Not that he would care because of the team success that he had had. Um, so that was one point. And then the other results are fascinating for me and, and systematic of where Essendon are at with some of their finishes from their players. So the first thing that struck me, Lord, I was Andrew McGrath finished 12th mm. in Essendon's best and fairest. So number one draft pick and 
highly regarded. You, you hardly hear a bad word about Andrew McGrath spoken. And when he speaks in the media, I'm, I'm, I'm listened. I'm, I'm captivated. I think he has great leadership potential. But has he got off scot-free with what he's been unable to achieve in his career so far? 18 games and 12th in the best and fairest for a player that... He's on. He would be on big money. He'd be on a lucrative contract. He's an important leader of that team and finished twelfth. How many games did he first. play, Kane? He did played he? eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, it is disappointing. And with Andrew, is it's not as if he's he's lazy or he's not. Uh, yeah, he he's heads perfect. Like he, he's a, a ripper, absolute ripper. So you just hope that uh, with Brad Scott coming in, uh, I think the club being at the best and fairest last night, the Crichton Medal, a lot of talk about how they're. They dropped off in their development of players. And even if, you know, I know Andrew's been around longer than a 17, 18 year old, but everyone needs to be developed. And I think uh, that's where you hope that Brad Scott can come in. You can see players improve under him because not many did. You know, Mason Redmond, when I heard Merritt came second, I thought, oh, Redmond must have won the best and right. fairest. I thought he had a, a strong year. So yeah. there was only Peter Wright. Uh, I think uh, Laverde, I thought, had a strong year. Um, yeah, and Redmond. So there weren't too many that improved. So that's really important for what Essendon need to do to see guys like McGrath come through and reach their potential. Yes, so that struck me as well. McGrath's got to be top three every year of this best and fairest. You look at you know Scott Pendlebury, 14 times top three. You need to strive for that consistency. So that was one. Uh, Dylan Shield's got to be got to be better, and he's been you know mm. criticised and was left out of the side at one point this year, and um, you know got his place back late, but. You know, he played the 19 games, just kicked three goals, Dylan Shield. So for Essendon to really improve under Brad Scott, you need better performances from McGrath. Shield, Parrish finished ninth. Mm. I know he missed some footy. I think he only played 15, 16 games. But ninth in a best and fairest team that didn't play finals, you know, he's got to be striving for better than that. So just a couple of those individuals last night out of Cut those out. awards. And sometimes just sometimes the best and fairest is a reflection of yourself. And you walk away and you go, oh, gee, did, did, was that how my year panned out and sometimes it can be a springboard into next year. Stringer, he wasn't, he was featured. Didn't even finish, yeah. didn't even finish in the top 12. So that that's where I, I look at it and say, you know, when Brad Scott comes out and he says, uh, we're the youngest list and all those types of things, I think the, the scope for improvement is huge. When, when you see those three or four players who don't finish top 10 in the best and fairest, that's why I made the, uh, the comment late last week that, I, I wouldn't surprise me if they made the finals or knocked mm. on the door of the finals because there's that much improvement within that group if they are coached hard and coached well under Brad Scott next year. Yeah, so he was strong in his words last night. So just reading some of those quotes in the Herald Sun this morning, Brad Scott said he met with the players an hour before the night last night. He said it was a good opportunity to get together because usually the players are on leave. They talked about the opportunity that they've got and the fact that there's no time to waste and he said, um, certainly I'm paraphrasing here, but he'll get an indication of how serious the players are by the condition that they turn up day one of pre-season. So, you know, I spoke about the, the trip to Ibiza and, and all of that and how serious these Essendon players actually are. Well, Brad Scott's going to drive them pretty hard, which you love to see. If you're just joining us this morning on the early trade for tyre power, here to help you stay safe on the road. The big news from Matthew Lloyd is that Anthony McDonald Tippenwoody was at the best and fairest last night and he's contemplating a comeback. Um, and the front runners for his services, it was Fremantle number one. And if not, perhaps the Essendon Football Club. Would love your thoughts on that 0419-187-323. So Brody Grundy, um, Graham Wright, we, I'm not sure if we've got the audio handy, but we'll get that up shortly. But they're well down the, the road of getting a deal done with Melbourne. And there seems to be pretty mature conversations about 
Brody Grundy playing for Melbourne next year, Lordo, and the Pies looking for a top 25 pick, which I think would be around around the number, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Graham Wright even says we've had conversations for 12 months. Uh, so it's it's been, right. yeah, in the pipeline for a while. Uh, so, in, oh, sorry, I apologise on that. Uh, down the Tom Mitchell path uh, in regards to, yeah, in terms of that, uh, yeah, they, it seems like both clubs understand the financial uh, aspect of it needs to happen. They need the money off the books. So it makes it easy to get this trade done, Kane. Let's have a listen to Graham Wright speaking on day one of trade yesterday. Uh, we've had good conversations with Brody and his management for a long period of time now. You know, we'd suspect that he's um, probably uh, going to Melbourne. We've had good um, dialogue with him and we feel that that's where that'll head. It's Monday morning. Do we expect Bobby Hill and Dan McStay to be Collingwood players today? Uh, yes, I would have thought so. Yeah, this afternoon um, we're waiting on uh, a manager to fly in and, and a few things like that that need to be signed. But yeah, we would have thought that had happened. Mm. There you go. We thought that would have happened. That was one that uh, yeah, I wasn't sure how it would get done and would it would would it get done. And I know Collingwood fans are still a little bit um, upset about that or questioning whether that's the best thing for the footy club. So Pies fans, oh four one nine one eight seven three two three, and got to say, Brody Grundy's held himself pretty well in this whole situation. Hasn't he has, and I hope he plays great football uh, for Melbourne next year because, uh, yeah, it, it, I suppose it goes two ways. We're seeing players leave clubs, uh, and in Grun- Brody Grundy's case, he's a pretty loyal guy. Uh, I know Brody pretty well, and he loves Collingwood, so uh, this is one where it's tough on the player, but, yeah, hope he can – your best to go and go to somewhere where you want it and they can see a role for you. And, uh, yeah, how it works with he and Gorn is going to be one of the stories of – 2023. Yeah, look forward to that. Uh, and later on this morning, Andrew Mackey, list manager from the Geelong Football Club, he's going to join us. So after 8.30, uh, Cats fans, if you've got a question for him, we will put that to him. So the text number 0419187323, they committed to Sava Radagalia despite um, some conjecture over his future and some interest from Port Adelaide. They said they love him and he'll be a player there. And Jack Bowe set to make his decision in the next couple of days in Geelong the front runner for that, but we'll get to him after 8.30. Text coming through. Uh, Brad Scott speaking about Essendon having the youngest list. The Gold Coast Crows texted in and said, who actually has the youngest list? I always mm. thought it was my Crows, but if Scott said the Dons, then who is it? Well, I guess we won't know who's got the youngest list until those lists are finalised after the trade period and after the draft, but yeah, Adelaide is certainly very young, and the Bombers did surprise me, though, with, with the youth that they've got on their side. Yeah, me too, Kane. And uh, Joe's text in. I made comments earlier in the week that I'd be surprised if Lockie Hunter found a new club, but uh, contrary to Matthew Lloyd's views, it appears that Melbourne, St Kilda, Carlton and North are interested in Lockie Hunter. So there's speculation, but I'm not sure how much of it is real, uh, whether Hunter will find a new club, Joe, but uh, mm. time will tell. I was more based around not his talent, yep. but what's gone on off-field where sometimes that can be red flags for clubs in terms of attracting someone who would be on decent money in Lockie Hunter. Hey, Lord, I'm going to put you on the, under the pump yeah. uh, on the other side of this because we know this time is notorious for spin. Yeah. And I reckon there was a bit of spin yesterday. So I listened to a, a number of clubs speaking yesterday. So I'm going to play some audio. I'm going to get you involved and ask you the question, is that truth or is it a lie? Is it spin? Uh, we're here for some key players in the trade period on the other side of this. This is Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tyres engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Truth or lie coming up on the other side of this. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade.
Yeah, welcome back. It is the early trade. A lot of texts coming through already this morning. Kane, can you rule out Zach Butters and Georgiati's being traded by Port? I uh, can definitely rule out Zach Butters and pretty confident that Georgiati's won't be traded and the deal for Jason Horn Francis will largely involve draft picks, albeit, you know, players like Miles Bergman or Willem Drew or players like that may be thrown in as extra. I can't see Port Adelaide trading a star as Chris Davies said yesterday. Uh, hey, fellas, can you explain to me the situation with Waller? Is he currently still an Essendon player? If he goes to Frio, do Essendon get a pick, etc.? That's one that I mm. probably need clarification on, which we will do. Might get Sammy Edmund to uh, look at that one throughout the morning just in relation to the rules. Liam Jones at Carlton, they're set to get some compensation for him. I would think it's a pretty similar situation with that. And g'day, fellas. Will Geelong pay overs to get Ollie Henry as a Pies fan? I hate that we are losing him. It's poor form from Collingwood. Yeah, I don't like the fact that he would be traded as well. Righto, Lordo. All the teams converged on Marvel Stadium yesterday. And there was some significant news to come out of it, but there was a lot of spin, I reckon. Um, so firstly, what we're going to do here, we're going to play a game called Truth or Lie. I'm going to play you some audio and then I'm going to ask you the question, do you think that is what they genuinely believe or do you think that is spin to put the club and themselves in a better situation than they are in? Firstly, I want to hear from David Walls from Fremantle, list boss at the Dockers, on the fact they're not going to trade Rory Lobb. Um, every intention of keeping Rory. Um, the press release that you spoke about, like our position hasn't changed since then. Uh, he's contracted, um, yeah, like I say, guys that are 207 centimetres that kick two goals a game, go into the ruck of that rare. We've got a young, tall forward line, so he's uh, crucial to us. So, um, yeah, I don't see a way in which we're trading Rory. Don't see a way in which they're trading Rory. Truth or spin, Lotto? I'm going to say truth on this one, Kane. Because I, I I believe David Walls will hold Rory Lobb to this deal unless the Bulldogs do truly satisfy them. So I think uh, what power has put up sounds like it's just not anywhere near good enough. So I believe they will hold him if the if the deal isn't right, Kane. All right, I'm going to say lie. Okay. I, I yeah. think I don't think Rory Lobb plays for Fremantle next year. I think that's posturing. I think that's spin. I hear that uh, Rory Lobb's partner's already moved to. Mm. Victoria and he's desperate to get out. So, but he won that last year. Yeah, he did. With two years ago, it's a little bit different. I mm. love what he said though, because mm. he, he's spot on. You no know, players that are two hundred plus kick two goals a game and can ruck are rare. Mm. But I'm not sure he's the sort of uh, has the sort of personality to stick around and, and give it one last shot at Fremantle. So I'm going to say lie. Okay. Loyal and I split on that one. Oh four one nine one eight seven three two three. Do you think Fremantle hold Rory Lobb to their contract next year? Secondly. Brady Rawlings has got a busy period. He's the man basically steering the ship at North Melbourne. There's no one else. He spoke of what they want for Jason Horn francis Yeah, we are. We, um, you know, when a trade request comes through and the, the pull home is, is so great as it is with Jason, um, we will entertain it. Um, but as I've said a number of times already, the deal is going to have to be one that's significant. Um, I think everyone knows what we've knocked back only 12 months ago. Uh, he's now 12 months into his career, uh, still in contract, and he's 19 years of age. So uh, the deal will need to be significant for us to consider it. Truth, so, truth, Kane. I'm saying truth because I think uh, Brady is under pressure, and I'm talking as every hour goes by, as the, as the dust settles, everyone at North is saying we have to get. I, I think mm. they'd want 
Jeremy Cameron sort of stuff for, for him. I know he hasn't achieved what Jeremy has, but number one draft pick, pick eight in a fir- uh, first future first rounder, sounded okay at the start, but everyone will be going, you, that is not enough. So truth in terms of they're going to make Port pay big time in, in this trade. Yeah, I'm going to say truth as well, but they're not going to get what they were offered last year. So it was six and five and 14 with a second round draft pick back. So he was you know, reflecting on what had been offered for Jason Horn Francis in the past. That's gone. You're not going to get six, five, and 14, but I think you're right. I think they're going to get more than eight and a future first, but I'm pretty confident that that deal gets done. 0419187323, are North telling the truth on that one, or are they spinning their way out of it? Tim Lamb uh, is a very, very good list manager at the Melbourne Football Club. He spoke about the rumours on Cozzy Pickett. Any talk about Cozzy leaving is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, we love Cozzy. Cozzy loves us. That's a lie. Um, Cozzy Pickett has perhaps not been telling Melbourne that he loves Melbourne, but he's been telling a lot of other people that he's pretty keen to get his way out of Melbourne. So clubs, certainly in South Australia, believe that Cozzy Pickett is gettable. It won't be this trade period, but certainly this time next year, the talk around Cozzy Pickett will ramp up. So... Perhaps Tim is naive in that, or perhaps he's spinning his way out of it, but there's certainly some uncertainty about Cozzy Pickett's future at Melbourne with where he sees his long-term future. So I'm going to call that one That's interesting. I'll back you in then, Kane, on your knowledge, and that uh, they've got uh, an important 12 months in Melbourne to uh, try and do their best, which I'm sure they always have with Cozzy, to keep him there long-term, to try and keep him happy, because he's... uh, I think... I agree. I think he would love Melbourne as a football team, but yep. uh, not the place to live. So they've got some work to do to keep him. Yeah, it's no reflection of Melbourne. It's just more where he wants to live and where he sees his long-term future. Now, Jason Horn Francis's former coach, David Noble, was on the late trade yesterday and he gave a glowing endorsement of his former player. Did he embrace being the number one draft pick and did he embrace being that at, at a Melbourne club? He did. Yeah, very much so. He was um, a really one of the most determined and driven young men I've I've had the pleasure of working with <clears throat> certainly was in bracing of being the number one. You know, when I got a chance to meet him face to face, it didn't phase him at all. He, he um, wanted to be that, didn't he? Absolutely. He, he, didn't, he yeah. wanted the club to not bid on others. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So no, he, he was very genuine. Um, did he embrace Melbourne? Yeah, he did. The Melbourne um, side of things and he certainly embraced North Melbourne, um, made some good friends. He's, I, I felt that he was, by the time I'd left, I felt there was a really clear direction for him to start to take and obviously they had to appoint a new coach and go down that path and I thought when Alistair um, was appointed I thought it would be exceptionally good for, for Jason Most determined and driven player that he's seen, Lordo truth or spin? Uh, spin for me, Kano, yeah um, uh, because you could, there's there's blokes who want to be number one and all those types of things but it doesn't mean they act like a number one and, and there's as I said, I get caught up I don't, I, there's a bit of a um, an aspect of, oh, he's a competitor. So that's mm. just why he acts that way. But I've seen great competitors who don't act that way. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's elements of what David is saying. Yeah, I, I know where he's coming from, but there's also a spin into it because a, a year on and he's leaving Melbourne. So he couldn't have been that happy. Yeah, I don't think you're the most determined and driven player if you're, if you're missing little yes. things and getting dropped from the side for mm. 
missing pretty you know, easy benchmarks that you would hit as a professional AFL footballer. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think just a little bit of spin on the way that David Noble was reflecting on Jason Horn francis and his character. Matthew Rendell, we love him <laughs> at this time of the year. want to ask you whether this on Port's forward line was truth or was it spin? They get Rioli in. If he turns up fit and ready to go that, and Fantasia plays, that's two gun small forwards. A couple of ifs there, though. They're... It is because it hasn't happened. Uh, with Dixon, Marshall, Georgiades, Finlayson in the forward line, that's as dangerous forward line as the comp in the comp. Do Port Adelaide have the most dangerous forward line in the comp? Uh, that's the biggest spin I've seen over the last 24 hours, Kano. That one, uh, Fantasia <laughs> hasn't played for 12 months or 24 months. Junior Rioli, uh, I'm not sure about Junior. That's one of the biggest I'm talking. Uh, what ifs? Yeah, what ifs, because I don't know if he's ever fit. Junior Rioli, and then you've got Dixon, who's a good player, Dixon, but not sure he's ever really put together a, more than one amazing season in his time. He's 31. 31 as well. And then uh, Georgiades and Marshall are still finding their way. They're talented, but still finding their way. So you give me Jeremy Cameron, Tom Hawkins, Tyson Stengel, Brad Close, Grian Myers. I'd take them every single day of the week. Mm, yeah, I, I I love the optimism, mm. and I liked hearing it as a former Port Adelaide player, but I'd take Brisbane's forward line yeah. in front of Port Adelaide's. I'd definitely take um, uh, Geelong's forward line. I'd take Carlton's forward line in front mm. of their Matthew Rendell, 0419187323. Bit of spin there <laughs> from him as he looked at Port Adelaide's list yesterday. So Andrew Mackey's going to join us. Um, later on uh, this morning. I look forward to doing that. And he's done an unbelievable job, premiership winning list manager at Geelong. But was this truth or was it spin about Sava Radigalia? But We love Sava. He's had some conversations, such as the AFL world, but uh, yeah, he's contracted and we love him. But Sava will be staying at the Cats. We love Sava mm. Radigalia, Lord. If you loved him that much, he'd play footy. Wouldn't he? Mm. He just played, what did he play this year? Four games. I reckon that's spin. This is a tricky one. They pro- I think it's truth that they love him as a bloke and spin maybe as a footballer because he's a good depth player at the moment. So that's where if you're a Sava and I was his manager, I'd say, I know they said they want you, but are you best to leave for greater mm. opportunity? Mm. Because, uh, you know, there's some good young, you know, the Konings one. So there's one spot you're going for, really. That's the other key position spot in Collar Jasney and these Stewart. guys, Stuart, Henry. Henry. It's going to be hard for you to get a game. So, yeah, we've got Andrew Mackey coming up, so we can put that to him later in, later on the show. We'll ask him whether that was spin or not. And finally, Jason McCartney was on SEN yesterday afternoon on whether they can keep Jacob Hopper at the Giants. Oh, look, Tanner being out of contract, uh, that, that one's definitely gone. And Jacob, obviously, in contract, and that's why we separated the deal with uh, Jacob and, and Tim, uh, obviously, Tim being out of contract. So, yeah, Jacob stated his intentions, and, and, and Richmond understands where that sits, but it was just one that we definitely want to separate because it just feels like there uh, needs to be a bit more work done on that. It's not obvious with what Richmond has sitting there at the moment that it can get done. So, yeah, we probably need that. Yeah, we we definitely need that extra time to, to look at things that can be done there to improve what a deal could look like. Is there any chance Jacob Hopper stays at the Giants? No, no chance he stays at the Giants, Kane. But truth in that what Richmond have, they need uh, some time because uh, it has to be a future first rounder and a player. I think a player has to leave um, Richmond to help satisfy yep. the Giants. Yeah, I think that's where the, the Jack Graham situation would have played into it. And 
We're going to take a bit of a deep dive into the situation unfolding around Jack Graham and a bit of angst between Port Adelaide and the Graham camp. Sam Edmund lifted the lid on that yesterday. But that was truth or spin. Do you agree? one 48 We've got a window for you to have your say. There's lines available. If you ring, you'll get straight through. What are your favourite pieces of spin that you've heard so far during this trade period? That was our vote on that. It's the early trade for tyre power. Tyre power's free tyre safety check ensures your car is tyre safe. Get the power with tyre power. Back with your calls after this. one 48 a trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Yeah, there's plenty of news around, and it's all thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Bobby Hill and Tim Taranto have been traded on the first day of the trade period. So Hill and Pick 40 were traded to Collingwood for Pick 43 and a future second round selection. And Tim Taranto also secured his move to Richmond with the Giants receiving picks 12 and 19. On the surface of it, that seems like a pretty fair deal for both, you would think. But if I had to judge it, I'd, I'd say Richmond just ahead in that deal for Tim yeah, Taranto. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it's the strongest draft this year. I think we hear that a fair bit, though, I suppose. Uh, you just don't know uh, how players come on. They say next year is stronger. But I'll, again, I've heard that a lot before uh, as well. But uh, it's a lot to give up. Uh, for Richmond, but uh, they, they would say, okay, what what are we going to get? Are we going to get anything better than Tim at 12 or 19? And you'd probably say no. Mm. Collingwood's All-Australian Ruckman, Brody Grundy. Now, this is a story in the age right now from Jake Nile and Mick Gleeson um, has signalled that he'll take a pay cut, Lordo, when he becomes a Melbourne player in the coming days. So sources with knowledge of the talks between the Grundy camp, Collingwood and Melbourne, said Grundy would accept a small reduction probably annually over the remaining five years of the contract that he signed with the Magpies. So uh, Brody Grundy is going to pay play for less. And the more I hear about this deal, the more I like it for Melbourne because Collingwood are going to pay 300 of it. And if he's going to take mm. a further pay cut of this, you know, essentially Melbourne are going to get a player for, let's say, 550, 600, who has the potential to be a very important player for them. Yeah, I think you need to do it. Once you have the club so strong uh, in moving you on, uh, he could have said, no, no, I'm going to take what you agreed to me uh, two years ago and I'm going to play for the full full money. Uh, but uh, you just don't – you don't want to – Brody's not like that and you, you don't want to feel resented by your club towards you. So, uh, yeah, go, go where you wanted. Go where there's a role for you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, play the mm. best footy you can because you want to be happy. Money's one thing, but you want to be happy – in where you're at and the club you're at and the environment and Melbourne's it for him. And also in the age, they've reported Port Adelaide have put up Riley Bonner on the trade table as they look to facilitate a trade for Jason Horn France. Of course, he's not going to be a central player around that deal, but perhaps a, a handy depth player for North Melbourne on the back end of what's going to be a significant deal. Uh, his contract until the end of 2023 has played 82 games for Port Adelaide and West Coast got a deal done. Jaden Hunt has moved to the Eagles as an unrestricted free agent. He signed a three-year deal, and the Demons received pick 52 as compensation. Spoke a lot about North Melbourne yesterday, and I was interested in Sam Edmonds' thoughts about Taron Thomas uh, yesterday. So uh, Taron Thomas is a live watch to request a move away from the club during this trade period. Um, So Sam Edmonds said the 22-year-old hasn't requested a trade yet, but there's a live watch on him. And there's plenty of smoke around Taron Thomas. He's been wrestling with requesting a trade out of North Melbourne 
himself. Um, your thoughts on this, Lordo, your initial thoughts? And I know you were interested in the money that had been speculated about what he earns, Taron Thomas. Yeah, so Johnny Ralph's story in the back page of the Herald Sun uh, says Gold Coast is interested in Thomas, a former number eight draft pick, but he is contracted for the next two years on as much as $700,000 a season. So if that is correct, and I believe it to be correct with the way John's written it up, well, you go, that's irresponsible. Absolutely irresponsible from North Melbourne. I think he had a top... I think he did finish third or something in the best and fairest a couple of years ago, but still one season to get to that mark of seven, that's irresponsible mm. uh, from North Melbourne. It says clubs, including Sydney, whereas close family expressed interest over the season, but his salary and the difficulty in extracting him from Arden Street means he's more likely to remain despite his openness to a fresh start. So it may well be that his contract keeps him there more so than his want. Yeah, that, that's the one of the massive frustrations. And once again, um, if these wages were public, there's mm. no way North Melbourne would get away with paying Taron Thomas 700000 a year. As, to, to use your words, it is irresponsible. And some of the decisions that these list managers have made, and you know, those list managers aren't there anymore at North Melbourne, is is just that. And it just ruins the club. I mean, he at one stage this year, Taron Thomas looked like he wasn't trying. Yeah. Like he was sitting on the bench with about as bad a body language as you can get. Now that's not fair if you are paid that much at your footy club so look, I wouldn't be disappointed if he did request a trade out of North Melbourne because you get that salary off the books and you get a good pick for him for a player that didn't look interested at times this year but um, yeah it's going to make it a little bit hard for North if he's on that sort of cash for another club to to, to pony up with that with that figure yeah they, they, uh, yeah that's right Kane I think I think that's uh, and and uh, yeah it's a family issues last year which sort of added yep. I think to why I think they admitted they probably shouldn't have played him in, in a game or two where he, he just wasn't there mentally uh, a bit of news also with the GWS Giants I believe that Ben Hart may have become an, an assistant coach mm. uh, with the GWS Giants next year so uh yeah, it's another one there that uh, so Adam Kingsley may have Ben Hart with him. Uh, they're in talks with Brett Montgomery. Uh, Craig Jennings is also staying with the GWS Giants. So yeah, a bit of a change there in the coaching with Eamon Buchanan gone and Stevie Johnson gone. For the yeah. GWS Giants. Well, that's a good get. Benny yeah. Hardy was was at Collingwood. Uh, then it came across to Adelaide, and you know was was harshly dealt with. You would think by some of the coronavirus staff and was almost the face for you know the players training when they, yeah. they shouldn't have been. In hindsight, it looks absolutely ridiculous. The penalty that was handed to Ben Hart uh, went back and I think coached at local level after some time in the media. So thrilled for him. I know it was mm. difficult for Adam Kingsley to assemble that mm. assistant coaching group because of how big a move it is to uh, Greater Western Sydney. So uh, do like that, right? There's a lot of text coming through and you can have your say. Uh, for Andrew Mackey, questions coming through with Brisbane needing picks for their father-sons in the draft to Geelong go after Devin Robinson for pick 18 as a replacement for Selwood. I believe West Coast were interested in Devin Robertson as well, so I'll watch that one. Uh, Costa says, Kane, it will 100% be the Mitch Georgiades or Todd Marshall involved in the Jason Horn francis trade. North want a young key forward. Unless it's multiple picks in the top ten, you have to get the player to agree to go there, um, and it would be difficult for North to entice Mitch Georgiades, who's from Perth, to go and play for North, and the same for Todd Marshall. And as Chris Davies said yesterday, they really don't see the benefit of losing one of their key young players and getting one back in. So I, I, I you may be right, Costa. But I don't think that will be the case. Uh, J Dog says Fremantle have also stated that they are still hoping Griffin Logue will stay at the club. 
This has become a real possibility considering Clarkson's current situation. This would impact on Fremantle's current stance. The lob would not be traded if Logue also leaves the club. Just on Luke Jackson and Fremantle, Ryan Daniels is a journalist from Channel 7 who is all over everything in relation to the Perth-based clubs. Now, he uh, tweeted out last night, probably when you and I were sleeping, Lordo, because of the time difference. He said the Frio Dockers are offer, set to offer 2022 and 2023 first-round draft picks to Melbourne for Luke Jackson, potentially some other minor assets involved, lake picks, etc. But at this stage... The Jackson offer is not tied to any lob trade getting done. So that's the news in relation to Fremantle and Luke Jackson. Yeah, and I find the Griffin Logue one intriguing. Um, yeah. What happens there? I heard David Walls uh, in also yesterday say that you know, Darcy Tucker, you could see they just want to find Tucker a new club because of the depth that they've got. And they're saying they're happy to let Blake Akers go because of that reason. They've got plenty of kids. But the Griffin Logue one, you can see they would love for him to stay. And with Clarkson... And the the uh, uncertainty around Alistair with getting to North Melbourne now, that may be something where they're trying to entice him back. And you'd love to know whether that's changed things for Griffin Logue now, mm. going to North Melbourne with the uncertainty. 100%. You'd yeah. have to think he's thinking twice. So I'll put you on the spot again. You're Melbourne. Fremantle have offered pick 13. So that's this year's first round draft pick. And next year's future first. Now, where would you think Fremantle would finish next year? Probably certainly inside yeah. the top. Six or Six. seven. Mm. So it's going to be around the same figure. 13 and say 13 for Luke Jackson, who's out of contract, wants to go. That's not enough, is it? No, it's not. No, because he, what was he, picked two or three? Yeah, he's uh, three. Three and a premiership player. And he's you know, 50 games of experience. So no, I don't think that gets it done. So they're going to have to uh, find some other stuff like Port Adelaide. are going to have to do the same for Jason Horn Francis. We've got a big morning coming up. A lot of texts coming through. We'll work our way through those. And if you want to have your say on the phones, you can always do that. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. It's the early trade for tyre power. Here to help you stay safe on the roads. Back if I was after this. If I was for Henley Homes. Build a Henley solar-powered all-electric home and save up to 70% on your energy bills. Yeah, if I was, if you've got one for us, join in 0419187323. Uh, I've just been thinking a bit about the West Coast Eagles. If I was a West Coast fan, I'd be wondering where it all went wrong, really. And I'm just having a look at their playing list and thinking, if I was a West Coast fan, who's playing Guernsey would I buy? The lack of talent under the age of 24 is quite confronting really i'm not sure who their best player is under the age of 24 so oscar allen is 23 turns 24 by round one next year but didn't play hardly any footy at all this year do love him as a player and think he's got a bright future other than that there's not one player under the age of 24 that i'd be excited about at all at west coast and you'd be wondering you know what the strategy is around it you know um gaff's old dom sheet is getting towards 30 elliot yo is the same and doesn't play Jack Redden's retired. Nick Natanui's just signed an extra two-year contract, but clearly is showing the effects of wear and tear and age. Tim Kelly's not the player they thought they were going to get. Luke Shuey's going to go around again, but has had some issues with his body. Jamie Cripps has been a good, solid citizen as a half-forward, but not a lot to get you excited about. Josh Kennedy was the one, but he's retired. McGovern's 30. I don't know, Lord. Oh, it's mm. it's all doom and gloom for me. If I was a West Coast fan, I guess the the positive is that they'll take pick two, hopefully to the draft and pick twenty, and see if they can really get the next superstar. But 
think it's going to be a pretty lean run at the West Coast Eagles. Henley completed homes and now selling in Mickleham and Tarnit. Henley.com.au. Have you got one for yeah, me? I've got one. Uh, mine is if I was Jack Bowes, I've got a tough decision to make because mm. uh, I think yeah, he's great for him. And I think with the, the way Gold Coast have done it, it's not good for Gold Coast where they're handing over pick seven and a player that clubs absolutely love. Uh, he's become so attractive because of the pick seven as well attached to it. But you've got clubs like Essendon and Hawthorne who uh, you know, bottom bottom six clubs currently and may well be there again next year who would probably pay him more versus Geelong, who uh, will, uh, we, we've discussed how they pay players. They don't, I know he's got a contract, but it'll be spread. He'll get a five, six-year deal. Who knows? He might get one of those big whopping mm. seven-year deals that clubs are offering, but... The attractiveness of playing for Geelong, where you know you're going to be top four next year, or get more money at one yeah, of these other clubs. And is there something in opportunity as well? Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to fight and mm. scrap for his spot at Geelong, whereas at the other clubs that you know he's considering, he probably walks straight into their best 22. I'm not sure he does that at Geelong, so he'd have to weigh that up as well. Yeah, well, I think I think Geelong see him as a yeah a walk up. Uh, player with the way that they're just everyone's just hunting him. They're just desperate, mm. and it's sort of it's Geelong's number one priority. It's Essendon's number one priority. I'm sure it's Hawthorne's now. So yeah, and uh, the other one is Tom Mitchell. Seems like he's going to have to go back to Hawthorne. Really, Let's see if I was Tom Mitchell, I'd be you know, disappointed in a sense because uh, Fiorini looks like he'll get to Collingwood, which makes it hard for Tom Mitchell. So it's going to be tough for him, isn't it? Because he has to play a different role under Sam Mitchell. Yeah. And you hope he yeah. doesn't rot away as a footballer. You'd think so. And, yeah, once you are out of favour and I guess the coach pigeonholes you um, into not being in that starting group in the midfield, it becomes difficult because he's not a player that has a lot of versatility and can play another role. If I was, that was for Henley Holmes. Uh, and you can get involved as well. Brad is on the line. James Harms and the links to the Bombers, Brad, uh, continued to do the rounds. Your thoughts? Um, I'm I'm really, really excited about this. I know he's contracted, but if we can somehow swing him over, I mean, I believe he'd be a great acquisition because he's a hard he's a hard nut. You know, he's a local boy from Devon Meadows. Um, I reckon he'd be unreal at Essendon. Brad, doing yep. a little bit of homework, there has been interest, but it's more unlikely than likely, this one. So that's yep. all I can say at this point in time, more unlikely than likely. Yeah, I was thinking for him it would be, I think, a, a nice move for him to make because if Brayshaw plays more midfield mm. minutes, um, you know, James Jordan and players like that, they'd want to get through there. Petrarca and Oliver and Viney pick themselves. He's got two years to go on that contract at Melbourne. He's 26 years of age, about to turn 27. In fact, tomorrow... Um, you think, you know, if I could go to the Bombers, mm. be guaranteed a spot in the midfield, help mentor these young players and get some security, and that, that I'm sure give him a four- to five-year contract, it would be beneficial for him. So I think a good move for James. Not sure uh, whether Essendon see him as a good fit for their midfield. So watch this space, but Lordo says, whilst there's interest, more unlikely than likely. Um just a few texts coming through. Fremantle are just as painful to deal with as Essendon. They know 13 and a similar pick next year does not get it done. What could West Coast flip two for? One of those picks in a future next year would get it done. I just don't know why Luke Jackson would want to go and play for the West Coast Eagles. I mean, the ball is in his court where he wants to play, and you would think they're going to really struggle. I think, as you've said previously, mm. Lordo, 
why he would choose West Coast yeah. over Fremantle. That would be unlikely. Um, we are up and running. First hour has been busy. There's plenty coming up. Geelong list manager Andrew Mackey is going to join us, as well as your calls. If you want to jump on the phone, you can do that next. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. We're here for tyre power. Tyre power's free safety tyre check ensures your car is tyre safe. Get the power with tyre power. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Lloydie's List for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Take it away, Lordo. Well, congratulations to Peter Wright, who won the Essendon Best and Ferris last night. But it made it around a discussion, Kano, of guys who had uh, careers that you would have thought would have won them a Best and Ferris, but didn't win one throughout mm. it. So uh, that's where I'm going to start this morning. So at number 10, I've got uh, Michael Long, who was a, a player I loved playing with Longy, but uh, never, ever won, won a Norm Smith, but not a yep. Best and Ferris. Uh, I've got a bit of a package. Two great cats, uh, Harry Taylor and Stevie Johnson. Never ever Stevie won, J. never won best and fairest. Those two at uh, number eight, the player you just touched on, Sean Burgoyne, uh, wonderful player. Uh, never won one at number seven. I love this player for North Melbourne, Wayne Shimmerbush was an absolute superstar for sure. North. Never won one. Six, Tony Modra uh, for mm. free uh, for Fremantle and Adelaide had some amazing years. Ne- well, 1993. Yes, and um, it was a surprise winner that year. Kano, if you get that name up. Uh, uh, I'm going to yes. say, I'm going to guess that it was Sean Wren. No, it wasn't. But if there's one year, I was, I was uh, Googling this this morning, that uh, there was a really surprised player that you'll find won that uh, best and fairest for Adelaide in a year that Modra had a super year. Uh, oh, right. You find that while I keep going. But a man you love, Kano, at number five, Josh Kennedy of the West Coast Eagles. That's Superstar who never, ever won a best and fairest. So... Josh Kennedy came second in 2006, third in 2013 and 15. So very, very unlucky. That's a crime. It That's is. an absolute crime. At number four, the shin boner of the century, Glenn Archer. Archer. Never, ever won a best and fairest. Superstar. Three, three, my hero growing up and the reason I barracked for Fitzroy, Bernie Quinlan. Never, ever won a best and fairest. Bernie, superstar. At yeah. number two, the Brownlow medalist, Jimmy Bartell. Never, ever won a best and fairest. That's amazing. Like, yeah. well, I guess when you look at the players that they played with, so mm. three of those Geelong players you mentioned in that era, Harry Taylor, Stevie J, and Jimmy Bartell. But, yeah, to win a Brownlow and not win the best and fairest is, is unusual, isn't it? Yeah, and number one, again, for that reason that he was playing with Lee Matthews, but uh, poor Tucky, uh, seven, <laughs> seven seconds and two-thirds for Tucky. So Seven seconds and two-thirds. Two-thirds, yeah. And just just on in terms of uh, consistency, uh, Scotty Pendlebury now in 17 years of AFL football has 14 top three finishes. Extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, magnificent. So uh, there was some other players too. Uh, Fevolution, <laughs> he never won a best and fairest either, the Fev. So he, he had a few big years at Carlton, but uh, didn't win one either. All right, there's the top 10 players who have not won a best and fairest. Uh, Michael Long, Harry Taylor, Stevie J, Sean Burgoyne, and Wayne Schimmelbush, Tony Modra. It was uh, Tony McGuinness that won the 1993 Best and Fairest when Modra kicked 129 goals. 
uh, Josh Kennedy, Glenn Archer, Bernie Quinlan, Jimmy Bartell, and Michael Tuck. Right, let's go to the phones because John has been waiting patiently. You want to speak about Rory Lobb and what's unfolding at Fremantle? Johnny, good morning. G'day, boys. How are we? Good. That's uh, good. Um, obviously, with uh, Rory Lobb sort of hitting a bit of a stalemate, Frio not wanting to let him go, wondering if there's any possibility of doing a switch with Melbourne um, to get Jackson across to Frio and Lobb over to Melbourne. Yeah, does Lobb work at Melbourne, Lotto? Well, I, I, I think they're all too far down the track, uh, unfortunately, Grundy, John. Yeah. yeah, with Grundy, so much has gone into it, and you can just see it's going to happen. Uh, so it all sounds okay because yeah, Lob, like, Lob's more flexible in terms. Of, he's not as good a ruckman, but he's mm. more adaptable, flexible player. Uh, more so than I'm still fascinated how Grundy and Gorn will work because they're not great forwards. The two of them, they're not quick. They're cumbersome, whereas whereas Lob can actually hit hard out of the goal square and kick goals. So, um, yeah, I'm still unsure whether it's right. Grundy and Gorn in the same team, but uh, they're, they're too far down the track with that one. Speaking of Brody Grundy, Ryan's in Torquay. He wants to have his say on that situation. Welcome, Ryan. Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Um, just... Uh... Wanted to go through this Brody Grundy thing. Um, I really, as a Collingwood supporter, don't understand the situation and why um, the media haven't dug deeper into why Grundy's leaving. Um, if you look at the the price, you know he's going to take a pay cut um, to like six hundred grand to come out this morning. Um, and if you actually look at the the numbers, Collingwood are basically saying that they want McStay over Grundy. Um, and that's purely just a straight swap, if you look at it, because they're going to pay McStay six hundred, um, and they're going to pay three hundred of Brody Grundy. That's nine hundred. If Brody Grundy's taking a pay cut, then effectively they could have kept Brody Grundy for the same price. So there has to be more to the situation behind the scenes, and I'm surprised that no reporters have actually dug deeper and seen why all of a sudden he's fallen out of favour. I don't think he's going to take a $300,000 pay cut. It's been reported in the age that he's going to take a small year-on-year pay cut and Collingwood are going to pay 300000 of that wage. But yeah, I think it's more around the positional mm. value of where they see Brody Grundy and perhaps they look at the, the premiership-winning Ruckman over the journey and besides Max Gorn, they're not household names. Geelong win one with Reece Stanley. You know, Richmond win... Three with Nan Curvis, who's probably a, a four fifty mm. to five hundred thousand dollar player. The Western Bulldogs the same, Hawthorne the same. Winning premierships with ruckmen that are, you know, journeymen. Necess- you know, necessarily more so than a player earning a million dollars. Yeah, right. I'm not sure if you've, you've listened to us all last week, but we did discuss the fact that you know our our understanding out of Collingwood is that they think you don't put a million dollars into a ruckman, so they want to you know spread their money out across. A number of different areas within their list, and not put so much into what Brody Grundy is currently worth. Hey, Good Kano, on. the player I was looking at at Adelaide, I'm not sure if it's yeah. correct or not, but Matty Connell in '95 yeah. won a best and fairest for the Crows when uh, Modra was around his peak. He did too, 1995. Mm. Matthew Liptak in 1996, and mm. then the big guns got going: McLeod, Rashudo, Benny Hart, Goodwin. And the like, uh, but Manny Connell, there's a blast from the past. Uh, good on you, Ryan. Let's go to Nathan, who wants to speak about the Saints, who have been reasonably quiet. Nathan, your thoughts? Yes, uh, good morning, guys. Um, just the Saints, I don't know why they're so quiet. I want to ask two questions. One's um, 
is there any truth to the Saints being linked to Wiedemann? And the other one is, I don't know why the Saints are so quiet because the last couple of years we've had a bad year. Our list is meant to be very good according to the list management, the way they recruited. It hasn't worked, so why don't they be bold and get rid of certain players and bring in certain players, target players that you need. Like We need key back, key forward. And a Ruckman, so why aren't they doing anything? What do you guys reckon? Well, it's interesting on, on Wiedemann because uh, I'm reading in today's paper, Sam Landsberger say that they are looking for height. Uh, height is an issue for them, but you've still got at some times, you know, Ryder's obviously retired now. So Marshall and, and King are pretty, two pretty good uh, talls. Uh, they obviously had the uh, young... Uh, Ruck, oh sorry, the mature Ruck who did his knee earlier in Jack the year. Hayes. Jack Hayes yeah. as well, who who should return. But uh, yeah, it is interesting because they had the money there for Jordan Degoe. So you just wonder if they had another plan in regards to, okay, he, he if he doesn't come through, where else can we put that money to try and improve our list uh, and try and bring some in? I've heard about Hunter Clark going out potentially mm-hmm. and Brad Hill potentially going out, but not too much coming in aside from Degoe. Good on you, Nathan. Uh, thanks for your thoughts. Saints fans, you can join in and uh, tell us what you think you're up to. If anything, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. 55 Let's have a listen to the Western Bulldogs yesterday because there's been a lot of questions about Rory Lobb and, and just how everything fits in at the Western Bulldogs. Their list manager is Sam Power. So firstly, let's have a listen to Sam on Rory yesterday. Just need a little bit more time. Just queuing right. that up in the back there, Kana. Right, we'll we'll yeah. queue that up in the background. Yeah. In the meantime, let's go through a few of those text messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, can Adelaide come over the top and do a better offer for Jason Horn Francis? What's stopping North sending him to Adelaide? I've, we've got this question a lot off the text line, but... I think the Adelaide fans are, are forgetting that they just don't have anything. So they're yeah. fully committed to Isaac Rankin. That pick five will go, plus you would think a, a second-round draft pick to Gold Coast. Then that doesn't leave Adelaide with anything other than a future first-round draft pick, and we've seen that North Melbourne are clearly not going to accept that. Um, morning, fellas. Lloydy heard a few rumours about James Harms, which Lordy already addressed, that there was some interest in James Harms, but unlikely. Uh, g'day fellas, Bombers should definitely get Tipper back, fully fit, he's one of the best small pressure forwards in the game, surely they could grant him leave throughout the year if homesickness becomes an issue, says Jack. So Lordo, just for those joining us this morning, the news around Anthony McDonald, Tipper and Woody. He's uh, contemplating a comeback and uh, Essendon have held talks with him, uh, but the Fremantle Dockers, my understanding is the favourite for Anthony, maybe if he does decide he wants to commit to playing AFL football again, that he, he may see that uh, moving states might be the best thing for him. So Fremantle and Essendon keen, but Fremantle leading the race. Mm, Fremantle's small forward line would be really interesting um, with Schultz yeah. and Walters and Frederick and Tipper. I mean, that would be pretty small, electric and exciting. Uh, Sam Power speaking about Rory Lobb yesterday and how they get this done. Rory's you know, clearly contracted, so... Um, obviously, you know, um, understand Freo's position there. He's indicated, you know, he'd like to join us. Um, if a deal can be done, his partner moved to Victoria during the year, so he's keen to, to get over to Victoria and, and be with her. And um, we'll keep having discussions with Freo, but um, you know, at the same time, he's a, he's a contracted player, so it's, it's really hard to go into too much detail on that. I think the role around the player manager interests me as well, and Colin Young's, his manager's been really outspoken and was... Last year, um, I think once you go public with it, the manager's got a responsibility to make sure this deal happens. It's unusual though, for 
for clients of, say, someone as experienced as Paul Connors. Once Paul Connors says, we're out and mm. this is the club, 99.9% of the time they get there, Colin mm. Young's got to get this deal done. He can't have two years in a row where he's failed to get his client to a home that he's publicly come out and said that uh, he's going to play for. Yeah, particularly when your partner's already here in Melbourne too, uh, living. So uh, it's a lot on the line for, for Rory Lobb. But they're going to be a fascinating club next year, the Western Bulldogs, with Darcy, Eugle Hagen, uh, you know, Norton. John Norton. You know, what happens Jones, to Josh yeah. Bruce, Liam Jones? Uh, yeah, so a lob, so a lot of talls down there and how we best use them. Because I don't think he, they use their midfield the best. So they, they were chock full of midfielders. And when you have too many of them, players like Trelaw got spat out to a half-back flank. Libba got spat out. I don't think players were at their best. So it's about how Luke Beveridge manages the talent that he actually has. Mm. And one of those midfielders is Josh Dunkley, who's leaving. What do they want for Josh Dunkley? Let's hear from the Western Bulldogs list manager, Sam Power. Uh, well, just some initial discussions, really, with Brisbane at, at this stage. Um, yeah, we clearly wanted to keep Josh and, and offered him a, a long-term contract that we thought was really compelling. And, um, you know, he's a fantastic player. Um, you know, obviously, showed this year with, with the year he had and, and best and fairest winner and um, premiership player at the club. So, yeah, someone ideally we, we worked really hard to keep and, and wanted to keep. His you know, desire is to, to get to Brisbane if he can. Um during this trade period and, you know, we'll sort of work in good faith too um, with Brisbane to uh, hopefully sort of reach an, out, an outcome um, with that. But understand we sort of, with how highly um, we value Josh and, and the player he is, um, that we expect, you know, um, adequate compensation for, um, for, you know, for what he's displayed, um, not only this year, but over the course of his career. So we think he's pretty similar to Tim Taranto. So 12 and 19, that deal was done pretty quickly. Um, I would see the age similarity, the position that they play, um, and essentially what sort of player they are is exactly the same as Tim Taranto. So that, that two first-round draft picks, not in the top 10, would be about fair, I think, for, for the Western Bulldogs. So their current first pick, Kane, is 15. So you think that's that's gone to the Western Bulldogs, and then it's, yep. I don't know, is it next year's pick? The great thing for, for Brisbane is they've got Ashcroft uh, coming in. So I suppose there's points that have to be factored into that. and uh, they, have to, they may have to match a bid of pick one. North Melbourne, you'd think it'd probably bid for him at pick one. Mm. So anyway, they've got a fair bit. They have to manage the Brisbane Lions, I suppose, uh, to, to have enough uh, picks. And they'll have to go into deficit probably next year as well to manage it all. Stick around on the early trade coming up. But Andrew Mackey from the Geelong Football Club is going to join us. All the news on the other side of this. You are listening to Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Lots of news around on day two of the trade period. It's for Beaumont's. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up at the Eston and Best and Ferris last night. Peter Wright surprisingly uh, took out the Best and Ferris award there ahead of Zach Merritt. And Matt Guelphie, we spoke in depth off the top of the show about some of the really disappointing results from some individuals out of that best and fairest, none more so than Jake Stringer, who didn't finish in the top 12 of that award. Andrew McGrath was 12th. 
uh, Dylan Shield and Darcy Parrish in ninth, and you'd think for them to improve, they need better individual performances. Out of that, the news this morning, broken by Matthew Lloyd, is that Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody is contemplating a comeback, and Fremantle are leading the race for his services. And still on the Bombers, they've appointed former NAB CEO Andrew Thornburn as their new CEO. Um, So he takes over from Xavier Campbell, who departed in August. So he was the NAB's chief executive between 2014 and 19, and was recently a member of the panel that selected Brad Scott as Essendon's senior coach. Lord, I'm not sure if you know much about him or not, or how his appointment was received. I know there's been some other controversy about his, um, I guess, his his role with the church group as well in the Herald Sun today. But um, what was the reaction to his appointment last night? Uh, it was about five or 600 people there, Kane. It was probably the, the thinnest uh, Crichton medal crowd that I've ever seen before. Mm. It was a Monday night and obviously off a lean year. So you'd hope there's a thousand people back there next year. Uh, but uh, he spoke well, I'm told. I, as I said, I missed it. Uh, but uh, he was well received and uh, spoke pretty well despite uh, you know, some controversy in his uh, former work, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Alex is in uh, Tasmania. You want to speak about Collingwood, Alex? Good morning. Morning, Lloydo and Kane. I um, just wanted to speak about the Pies' um, upcoming trade period and also just the chances of Tassie getting the um, Tassie side going. Obviously, the Pies are going to have some um, players go out. Obviously, they've kept the goey and possibly going to lose Grundy. They're going to obviously have a couple of top 20 draft picks. Lloydo, do you think it's a midfield aspect they need to address before the older heads um, come out and also to do you see them improving more as well Kane going forward next year and um, do you think there's a few more um, holes that they need to feel like going after another Ruckman or a, another um, speedy halfback or another defender? It sounds like they will look to top up uh, even though Grundy goes uh, they'll look to get a yeah, there's so many Ruckmen looking for opportunity so you, you look at every Ruckman across the competition, and maybe three-quarters of rucks who are first rucks, you think of them, have been somewhere else and they've mm. started. And I think even drafting ruckmen, so clubs think, don't draft a ruckman with a top 10 pick, 20 pick, because let someone else do the three, four years with them, uh, get the time into them, and then we'll get them down the track. So Collingwood are looking across the competition. Uh, yeah, like Hawthorne are with Lloyd Meek, who's done his three or four years at Fremantle. Can't get a game, well, well, they'll get him. So I think Collingwood are looking for a Ruckman uh, to be number three behind, obviously, Cox and, and and sorry, the other, the Ruckman, Cameron, Cameron yeah, Darcy yep. Cameron. Uh, and then you can see what they're doing. Uh, Collingwood, Braden Ferrarini's going to come in. Uh, Bobby Hill to speed up the forward line. McStay to support Nycheck. Uh I think Dacos, young Nick Dacos, will be able to go into the midfield and become a star midfield. You've still got Josh Dacos. So, uh, yeah, but Pendlebury and Taylor Adams, you'd think, would be mm. coming towards the end of, of their time. Good on you, Alex. The one that, um, you know, we'll wait and see how that plays out is Ollie Henry, who I'd be disappointed to leave. Graham Wright spoke about him at Marvel Stadium yesterday. At this stage, listen, Ollie's out of contract and uh, Geelong... Um, boy, obviously come out of out of Geelong and his brother plays at Geelong and we understand there's a pull down the highway but we'd really like to retain him so that's where we sit at the moment. I'd like to retain him and, and rightly so. We'll speak to Andrew Mackey about that and what else Geelong have in store. No doubt there'll be plenty of that as they look to improve on their premiership this year but Ollie Henry is a key target of theirs. Uh, let's go through a few of your text messages because they're coming through thick and fast. 0419187. Uh, three, two, three. 
Harms to Essendon, someone suggesting for pick 22. Pick 22 to Collingwood for Grundy. Then Melbourne can keep both first rounders and target Cadman or Jefferson uh, to partner with Van Ruin for 10 years. Out Jackson Harms in Grundy and those young players mentioned. Not sure you'd be getting pick 22 for uh, James Harms, albeit I appreciate the thought there. Uh, this one's from Dom in Armstrong Creek, Kano and Lloydie. Can't believe no one has put the pieces together at the Dogs. If they get Jones and Lobb, Norton goes back. So it'll be Gardner and Norton taking the big keys and Jones playing the intercept role. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Aaron Norton, and yeah. how do you see him as a forward? I did throw that up, Dom, on Footy Classified about four or five weeks ago, but the potential of Norton to go back. But it's a hard one. He could be the best centre-half back in the comp. Mm. I don't think he'll ever be the best key forward in the comp. He's a very good one. But at ground level, he doesn't mark the footy. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. He, he's not as good as Jeremy Cameron at ground level and getting other players involved in the game, that type of thing. So it's a tough one because you can fill a back back spot, but you can't really fill a forward line spot as easily. So... Uh, I think I'd persevere with him for another season, at least in the forward line, because you can't rely on Eugle, Hagen, Darcy, Lobb, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. They're not big and strong enough, I don't think. A lot of people speculating about how Richmond get the Jacob Hopper deal done. This question, will pick 30 and a future first-round pick be enough to get the trade done for Hopper? I wouldn't have thought so, mm. um, considering he's contracted. The Giants see him as just as valuable as Tim Taranto, and he got picked 12 and 19. So I would think they're looking for at least equal value, if not a touch more for Jacob Hopper over Tim Taranto. Uh, Daniel's on the line. you got a mega trade for us, Dan. Yeah, I do, mate. Um, just quickly, I've got um, between Collingwood, Melbourne, and Hawthorne. I'm looking at Brody Grundy and pick 40 to Melbourne. I think James Harms and Sam Wiedemann to Hawthorne. And Tom Mitchell and a future third to Collingwood to compensate for the Wiedemann and um, Harms move to Hawthorne. What do you boys think? Don't do that. Don't necessarily get other clubs involved much, do they, these days? Those those mega sort of three, four club deals, they tend to work mm. hand in hand with it, with each other one for one. So, Daniel, yeah, it gets a little bit confusing once you start getting three clubs involved, but... I appreciate your thoughts on that and trying to get that done. Uh, Andrew Mackey is going to join us on the other side of this. We're going to speak about equip for anything and a bit of angst between certainly Port Adelaide and the Jack Graham camp over the way that that deal broke down. Player managers, there's no doubt, need to be equipped for anything during this trade period. So we'll touch on that. And Sam Edmund had that story yesterday. It is Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Back after this. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Equipped for anything for Coates. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Yeah, I was interested in the situation unfolding around Jack Graham and the Port Adelaide Football Club and the backstory behind it. So as a player manager during this time, if one of your players needs to move, you need to be equipped for anything. It's for Coates. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Well, the Graham Camp um, and his management group upset with Port Adelaide, uh, Lordo, mm. and, and you can probably see why and, and why that would be the case. Port Adelaide desperate to get an extra midfielder in. Once Josh Dunkley said no and he's going to join Brisbane, then Port Adelaide turned their attention to Jack Graham from Richmond. We spoke about it. He was then pictured touring 
um, the facility and meeting with Ken Hinckley. Um, and it felt like they were well down the path of certainly guaranteeing him um, a contract at Port Adelaide. Since that meeting, I think the Jason Horn francis situation bobbed up late and clearly Port Adelaide's priorities then shifted towards Jason Horn francis and Jack Graham's sitting there going, well, hang on, you, hmm. you said that you were keen on me um, and now you've gone cold and you've, you've turned your priorities to to Jason Horn francis So I can understand both sides of it. If I was, you know, Port Adelaide, clearly Jason Horn francis is a bigger priority than what Jack Graham is and you need those assets to potentially get a deal done to satisfy North Melbourne. But I do have some sympathy for Jack Graham who put himself out there, was photographed, contracted to Richmond in somewhat of an embarrassing situation now that he has to go back to the Tigers with his tail between his legs. So just those different scenarios that play out as a player manager and the fact that you do need to be equipped for those um, to happen throughout the trade period if you put your player out there. Oh, it's a brutal business, and I think that uh, yeah, it won't be the f- first time and it won't be the last time that that's something like that happens. And there's that many players around the country who are being told, you know what, we can't make a decision on you at this point. Mm. You just have to wait. And and see, there's a list spot. So every, I know it's a different situation, but uh, everyone uh, understands the business. It's it's ruthless. And if and I would understand if I'm Jack Graham, and Jason said no, well then okay, I'll get to Port Adelaide. But if Jason said yes, well, and they weren't expecting it or were unsure it yeah. could happen, well, you can't just hang on Jason and go, oh, let's try Jack Graham. You got to get ahead of the game in a sense. And I know it's unfair on Jack, and it might be embarrassing to walk back into Richmond, but Richmond. I'll mm. get on with it pretty quickly, so I wouldn't. Yeah, I think much. that's. I think that's the change in in attitudes. Um, you know, we've even seen you know Collingwood comfortable with Jordan Ngoi basically shopping himself around and looking for the best deal, and then going back to Collingwood. There's a bit of maturity now that perhaps there wasn't five, six, seven years ago. So Richmond, Damien Harbour can't go into care. They're not going to hold it against Jack Graham for trying to explore his opportunities. But that was equipped for anything for Coates. We're more than high. We're equipped for anything. Head to Coates.com. Dot AU, um, just on uh, Richmond, do you think Richmond need to look for a key young forward? Hasn't been talked about, but um, Lynch is about to turn 30, and of course Jack Revolt is is well into his 30s, mm. Lordo. It's going to be hard for them to get, a, to get a key forward with everything that they've given up, but yeah, that would be an issue for them in the coming, you know, not next year, um, but certainly in the next two to three years that they'll have to have a look at. Yeah, they've obviously identified that the midfield is their issue right here and right now with Taranto and Hopper. Uh, Jack Reva will go for one more season. Tom Lynch would still have three, I would have thought. Tom Lynch, so they've got time and they can uh, look to bolster that area, even key backs. They've got mm. Noah Bolter who can go at either end, but you think Tarrant, this will be his last year, so then they lose Tarrant and Jack Revolt at the end of next season. Yep, uh, and as a North supporter, Ray says they don't have an obligation to trade Jason Horn francis to Port. Uh, as a club, they need to get the best deal and trade him to the best bidder. If Horn francis wants to play in Adelaide, then the sample is his other option, um, not the way it works, unfortunately, Ray. But your, your point's fine. If North Melbourne don't have a deal that is satisfactory to them, they can absolutely hold him to his contract, but... Reading between the lines and listening to Brady Rawlings yesterday, they're, they're more than comfortable to explore this trade. I, I don't see the, what, there's a way that he's a North Melbourne player next year. I don't think that is going to happen. On the other side of this, one of the better list managers in the game, Premiership winning list manager, is Andrew Mackey. He is going to join us for an in-depth chat. If you've got a question for him 
0419187323. We'll do our best to put that to him. You are listening to Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tires engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Andrew Mackey on the other side of this. You're listening to Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tires today. 30 a.m. for a limited time only. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Yeah, very lucky to have the list manager of the Geelong Football Club join us this morning. His name is Andrew Mackey. Andrew, firstly, congratulations to you and your footy club on everything that's been achieved in the last 12 months, and we thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate that, Kane. Always good to um, catch up, but yeah, much appreciated. Do you get a time to enjoy what you've done, or is it, you know, after the first one or two, three days, you're quickly looking forward to this period on on how you remain up the top? What's your your view on that? Yeah, yeah, no, you're spot on. It's sort of, um, for myself, haven't really had that time. Apart from the Saturday night, Sunday, were probably really good days to to hang out with the the players and the staff and and all their families, which is really important. And then from there, we... um, you know, moved into Tuesday pretty quickly where, unfortunately, you know, we've got to make decisions on, on players on our list and get moving given the, the time frame with the trade period coming up, which we're in now. Um, so that condensed all that period a bit, but there'll be a time for that. And, um, you know, as this industry, industry does, it just keeps moving so fast. Might uh, work our way through a couple of the players that you've been linked to because clearly you're looking to improve again and uh, stay up the top. But firstly, Ollie Henry, a- Andrew, are you confident that he will be a Geelong player next year and has he given you the assurances that he wants to play for Geelong next year? Yeah, he wants to He wants to come down and play for Geelong. I think um, by the end of the year, it, it sort of popped up late, that one, Kane. It was... Uh, um, we were aware he was out of contract, but we didn't we didn't actively pursue um, knock the door down to his manager. If you've given his second year player, it's not something that we tend to do. But uh, clearly, his brother plays down here, and we're aware of the situation. But um, by the end of the year, albeit you know, even if it was a couple of weeks ago, we were aware that he was he would be keen to get down here. Am I confident? Oh, it's hard to say. I think mm. like I mentioned yesterday the, the common value for these guys, where there's still a lot of projection involved in in they're playing is, is tough but you know we, we sat down with Collingwood yesterday and we'll do that again and we'll try and work through we're not sitting on our hands with any of the trades that we want to do we're, we're trying to be active and make sure that, that those clubs you know do uh, do well out of it So how do you work out what a player like that is worth? I mean you just sort of briefly alluded to it there um, and you are you know speculating on, on where these players get to but your club is very good at doing that so how do you, you rate him in terms of a, a draft value yeah, it's a great question, um, and there's no simple formula. There's, there's the subjective, objective stuff. Um, you know, data plays some bit of a role, but ultimately we've just got to work out what, what we have on our list, where does he fit, um, how do we see, um, you know, his next little bit and input potentially for us in AFL footy and then go from there. And, you know, that, that's tied in with what Stephen Wells and Liam Wood, Woodland do from a draft perspective, and then we, we nut that out and come up with a sort of conclusion as to where we think he's valued. Um, and, you know, it's, it's uh, Collingwood and whoever the teams are have their own value on different players too, mm. and, and that's their right to have that. Andrew, have Collingwood indicated whether they'd like a player or a draft selection in the trade for Henry? Oh, no, they haven't talked players. Yeah, it's dra- draft selection mm. um, sort of stuff. So, uh, no, we had 
another good hit out yesterday. I'd spoken to Wrighty a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, and, you know, we'll keep those conversations going. Jack Bowes, uh, are you expecting an answer for him today on the club that he'd like to be traded to? Oh, not necessarily today, Lordy. I think uh, in the next little while, though, um, yeah, we've, we've been... Um, we've, we've caught up with Jack. He's a really good catch-up. We've been uh, aware and, and sort of talking to his management for a long time about uh, where Jack's at and how he's going up, up north. Um, so, yeah, no, we're looking forward to, to hearing where that lands, but, you know, we'd love it to be us. The attraction is, is clearly Jack himself, but more so the pick that's involved as well. Have you, have you ever seen anything like a scenario that he's playing out at Gold Coast for him? Oh, I'm only new to the case of Kane. I don't know how all this stuff plays out, but um, I think, to be fair, we we uh, we've been aware of his playing attributes for a long time, and and something we've been on record to say this year, like our midfield, we're we're aware that we'll need to transition that um, very soon, and and we're sort of making sure we're doing steps to do that. Um, now, clearly, we'll link with Hopper throughout the year, but um, in that same discussion was Jack Bowes, and so that it goes back a fair way, and. Um, you know, obviously everyone's talking around the pick, pick link with that. We haven't even, with, with Gold Coast, the discussions have been, we're confident a trade could get done. Um, but the ins and outs of that, we haven't really discussed because there's no, there's no point talking about it until, you know, he chooses where he mm. wants to play his footy next. So in your situation, uh, Andrew, like you've got Henry, you've got uh, Bose and you've got Tanner Bruin. Can you see one of them going down first that you can see, okay, this is one looks easier for us to get done and we'll get it done earlier or do you have to all three work in with each other that you have to manage? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of managing. I, I couldn't tell you which one would land first. Um, there's still some work to do with, with Tanner and Ollie, I think. Um, had a good chat to Jason Carton yesterday. It was, it was really good. Um, but, you know, there's still work to do. Like I mentioned before in the Ollie discussion, you know, teams have got their values for players. Um, but like I said, we'll keep working to, to make sure that that everyone does okay out of it. The Jack one, yeah, he's obviously got a big decision to make. I'm not sure if um, he will then go back to the Gold Coast and, and make that decision, or he'll do it while he's in town. But uh, yeah, the timeline stuff, Lord, I'm not, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Uh, do you have an interest in Connor McKenna, uh, bringing him across to Geelong? Yeah, we, we've we've spoken to him throughout the year, um, albeit a, a while ago. So um, we've got people in our footy club who. Have, have dealt with him in the past at Essendon, um, James Kelly being one of them, and we're complimentary about about um, Connor. So, yeah, we, we've had a discussion about him. Clearly, um, you know, he can he can come on as a rookie with player. So, um, you know, that's attractive. And how far down the road are you with that one? Is that one you're confident with that would happen? And nah. what about the comp? You're not confident. Oh no, nah, there, there hasn't been much much. Um, discussed about Connor for a little while, but yeah, we, we have spoken throughout the year, but um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll pick up that conversation and see where where he's at and what he's thinking. Heard your comments about Savarada Galea yesterday and the fact that you do love him. Um, we agree that you love him probably as a player, but you haven't shown him the love in terms of getting a game. Would it be best for him to explore opportunities elsewhere, Andrew? And if not, um, where do you see his role in the side and how he breaks in? Yeah, another good question. I, yeah, we, we do love him. The, the Saab is an interesting one. He um he switched to the. He's been a big part of you know we've we've um, put games into into Saab and it's been a big part of our succession plan sort of forward of the footy. 
um, albeit throughout the year as a bit of a circuit breaker, we threw him behind the ball and he showed some really good, uh, really good signs as a as a key back, athletic and and did a good job. Clearly, blokes like Sad just want to, you know, six years into the system, want to start playing footy. Um, and you know, we've we've had that discussion with him, um, and we continue to try and map out for him how that would look for him. He's a contracted player, um, yeah, and and no doubt the coach does love him. We love him. Um, but yeah, totally understand that he's trying to work out where he's going to play his footy. We're we're pretty clear on how that looks. Um, so um, yeah, that's where that one sits. How many clubs have called about him? There'd be a bit of interest in him. Yeah, I think there yeah there is interest in him, but uh, there has been for five years too. Like he's <laughs> a um, he's a player that with, with the attributes that he has and the, and the size that he is, he's um, those guys few and far between, and hence the reason why we'd like to keep him. What's the secret, um, the secret formula for, for your club and how you've done it? Because it's it's unbelievable what you've been able to achieve. Is part of it around your, your pay structure and the fact that you have a hierarchy of pay and you don't overpay and get yourself into the problems that we've seen other clubs get themselves into recently with how much they've paid their players? Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I... Uh... I haven't been to another footy club, so I only know how this one operates. But that, that is something that we is front of mind with our guys, and and in particular the the um, the TPP discussions that we have, and you know even even being willing to miss out on players because of the fact that we're not not willing mm. to do the the long term or big money one. You know there is times where we feel we just might need to stretch to to get something done. But um, in particular, we we're very conscious of our current players and what, what something would mean for them and the communication that we need to have with them to make sure they're on board with stuff that we do and we continue to do that, have done for years. Um, you know, all those little things, the conversations that, that I had uh, with him here, yeah, what's the secret? I'm not sure, but they're all the things that we do think about in our decision-making and, yeah, lucky enough that we've got a really good team of decision-makers. Andrew Mackey is with us from the Geelong Football Club. This time last year, Stephen Wells said there. This is a direct quote from him. He said, there will come a time where we'll have to go down a slightly different path to what we have in recent years. And he was alluding to the fact of, of getting some, some youth in and going to the draft. Do you think that's now changed with what you've been able to achieve this year and continuing down the, the method of being able to top up with, with players from other clubs, Andrew? Yeah. Well, the, uh, yeah, he, he, he's yeah, obviously been great for me and, and this footy club. Um, uh, and, and he's right. Like, if you look at what we've been able to do, the Isaac Smiths and, and these sort of guys, he's come in and had an impact. Um, the give up for Isaac was nothing from our end. Uh, we, we had a need that we needed to do. So there's, there's, there's each individual case. There's some specifics to it as to, to why you do something. Um, if you look at this trade period, you know, clearly we're trying to bring in a couple of 20 year olds, and, and Jack's 24. Mm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're really confident about some of our young ones coming through. So um, whether it's a draft or any mechanism the AFL gives us to get players in, we'll look at it. And, but clearly, we've, uh, you know, some, some older guys have finished up uh, this year and, and, you know, we've got some, some guys that will transition out in the next year or two as well. So we're, we're, we're aware of that, but we're trying to make sure that we're, we're well set up for when that does happen. Mac, further to uh, Kane's question on you know, how sensible you've been in terms of the way you manage your salary cap and, and pay scale, do you have to hope that Jack Bowes wants to come to Geelong to, for the betterment of his football? Because do you believe that Essendon and Hawthorne and these type of clubs would offer 
longer terms, uh, more money to get him across to their clubs? Yeah, I think I think so, and I think that's that's a discussion um, that we're having with Jack. Like we, uh, the conversations, exactly what what he can do from for our footy team, and and I think that's that's really appealing to Jack. Um, you know, I'm not sure what what conversations they had with the others, but uh, yeah, that, that's spot on, Lordy, and and it's something that we continue to talk around with him and and his management. They've been great, um, but clearly that that's that's where it sits now question from one of our texts from the text machine uh, in regards to your list so tom atkins is currently a rookie and brad close is currently a look rookie will they go onto the main list and how many draft selections will you have considering if you can land henry bows and tanner Bruin? yeah yeah so those two are rookies and they do go up um at the minute so we've got seven list spots um so we might only have a couple of picks of draft depending on the um depending on where whether these trades get done, it, it's hard to say right now. Be clearer, you know, next week. Mm. But uh, right now, it, it, we won't have too many draft selections, but we're confident that the age demographic we're targeting in this trade period that, you know, offsets, uh, offsets that. Hey, Mac, in regards to you, the way you manage your list, so Joel Salwood's just retired. Um, you, you look at the age demographic and there's probably seven or eight uh, players that we, you know, it's all be, always been spoken about over 30. Do you have to try and look at it and go, we don't want five going at the one time. We can get Joel leaves this year, one or two next year, one or two. Can you manage it like that? Or or you can't, Eric, you can't look that far down the track? No, no, you, you do have those discussions. Mm. Um, you know, that that's definitely something that you don't want to leave a massive hole, especially yeah. ones that are the, the older guys that you don't get, they retire, you don't get anything through a trade or replacement they're, they're a hole in your team so Joel plays in a you know, grand final plays really well and you know we we don't get replacements for him so yeah the, the staggered is ideal for us but when uh, when there's certain players where it's in in their hands when they would like to finish you know clearly that's not for everyone but certain players that that does happen um, um, so yeah we we talk about that a lot it's part of the strategy not only how you're getting players in but also, the uh, on the, on the other end of the curve, where when they're exiting and and how that plays out. Andrew, we thank you so much for your time. Good luck for the trade period and and what you need to get done. We appreciate it. Good on you guys. Appreciate the time. Terrific insight there into the way to build a premiership list with Andrew Mackey, who is making his way very very nicely into a career path that you think he's going to be influential in for the next. However long he wants to do it. Uh, Lordo, it's been a a very nice morning from you as always. So thanks for your work this morning. And we've got you covered right throughout the day on the day two of the Continental Tires AFL trade radio period. The early trade is up next and the guys will take you right throughout the afternoon. It's all been thanks to Continental Tires. They're engineered in Germany. They're proven in Australia. So stick around. Plenty of news and all the latest breaking stories will happen right throughout the day. And we'll be back tomorrow morning from 7 o'clock. Look forward to speaking to you then. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today.
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.